Hey guys, welcome in. Thanks for tuning in to Set Me Free. I am your host, Shane Brucher, um, and I'm going to be bringing you something a little bit different today. Probably one of my favorite passages of Scripture from the book of John. And if you listen to me long enough, you'll probably hear me say that everything is my favorite uh, because God's Word is my favorite. Um, And I love reading God's Word. And this particular passage of Scripture takes me back to when I really first became a Christian almost, uh, well, it is right near two years ago, January 9th. Uh, We'll make it two years of being committed to Christ and His call and destiny on my life. Um, But I hope and encourage you to get your own Bible and begin reading it because this was a passage of Scripture I read early on, I would say within the first month or two, that really spoke to me personally. And that's what God's Word does when you read it. It will speak it. It will speak directly to your heart. Um, And I was able to make a personal connection with this passage of Scripture that I'm going to share here in a moment. Um, But before I do, I do want to give just a couple little cautions because I do think when we try to make a personal connection to, to all of God's Word, it can be very damaging and it can become a very extreme lifestyle. So I do want to caution in those regards. Um, But this passage of Scripture comes from John chapter 4, verses 39 through 42. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to read through these passages of Scripture, um, straight through it. I'm going to circle back, and I'm going to make a personal connection with this passage of Scripture. Because I think this this is a passage of Scripture we could do that safely. Um, And and I want to kind of relate to you what was related to me in my heart through this passage of scripture. So here we go, beginning of verse uh, 39 in the fourth chapter of the book of John. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village So he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, now we believe, not just because of what you have told us, but because we have heard it ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the Savior of the world. So we have three verses of scripture here, um, but there is such a powerful message that is underlying um, these three verses. So let's unpack these beginning at verse 39. It says that many Samaritans believed in Jesus because of the woman. Um, So we see here that there is a testimony the woman gave that caused other people to believe in Jesus. So on the outside of what that basically is, is that secondhand Christianity. That's, you know, and I think many times in my life, I know for a fact, especially with my family, friends who knew me before, um, knew the amount of uh, addiction I was involved in with alcohol, drugs, um, 
a lot of people don't know, but there was a lot more than that too. Um, lying, manipulating, blaming, those types of behaviors were, were really thick in my bloodline. Um, but right here, they confess a secondhand Christianity. Um, they believe in Jesus because the woman had told them. Um, so reading on in verse 39, she said that Jesus told her everything she had did. Um, so right here we see that Jesus shows her who she is, who she truly was and the things she was doing in her life. And what that indicates right there is that Christ will bring us to a place in our lives and he will confront us with our sin and he will ask us to take responsibility for what we've done. All the wrongs we've committed, all the, the, uh, the trespasses, the violating of trust, whatever you have done in your life that you think maybe no one has seen, uh, maybe that's stealing from businesses, whatever it could be, a number of things. I mean, my, my list is longer. We wouldn't have enough time the rest of this day if I started to unpack. Um, but I told you briefly, I have addiction, uh, pornography, lust, anger, uh, lying, you name it. I have it all. I, I've had it all underneath my belt, hot and heavy, uh, in a big red Chevy. Um, so here's what Christ has approached her, showed her her true self. Um, and in that moment, she had a choice. She had a choice to either accept it or run from it. And that's what many people today in America are doing. They're running from who they are. And Christ will repeatedly try to show you in that quiet, still, sad moment in your life where you feel lost, alone, and like everyone is forsaking you. Christ is trying to get you to take responsibility so he can save you. Um, and that's what we see here. So he saved her and she told them what he had done. So they come to believe and that's the very same thing, like I said, in my own life. I've shared with people time and time again. Um, it's not some fad. It's not something you just talk about. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ is alive and he's real. And he still operates through his spirit in people's hearts and lives. Um, so verse 40, when they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he came and stayed for two days. So what do we see right here? What we see right here in this verse is a personal invitation. They invited Christ into their village, or could we take it a step further and say into their heart and into their life? Now, in this passage of Scripture, Christ was here in the physical sense still. But we have Christ in a spiritual sense. Whosoever shall call upon his name, he will save them and deliver them. That is a promise that we have. So they had Christ in the physical sense and they invited him to stay in their village. And right here, I want to draw a really close personal connection where we have to go beyond the testimony of others and we have to actually invite Christ into our own personal hearts and lives, guys. And this, <laughs> this is where the miracle of Christmas happens. And this is really what I want to do is just draw this all together 
for you to find a time throughout Christmas, whatever the Christmas season, we're going to hear about Jesus. You're going to hear his name spoken. You're going to hear him sung about in a song. He, there's no getting around it. Christmas was built and established to honor the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ in our world. So now you can hear that. You can sing about that. You can do all this stuff. You can even believe in Jesus because I'm telling you to. But guys, we have to invite him to live and stay in our hearts, in our lives, in our everyday lives. And that is where the miracle starts to happen, guys. So verse 41, they heard his message and believed. Then they said to the woman, now we believe, not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. So here's what happens. She gives testimony to them, telling them that Christ had saved her from a life of adultery, a life of lying, fornication, sexual perversion, all this stuff um, that she could not get free of herself. I'm sure just like me and many others, she wanted to do better. Um, she wanted to live a better life, but maybe just didn't know how or didn't know it was really possible. And I think that that could be said with all of us. But So we see here that she tells them her story. And they say they believe in Jesus. So now they send a personal invitation for Christ to come. Christ comes. He speaks. He speaks into their heart, into their village, and they believe. So what do they do upon that belief? They confess they go back to the woman and they said, now we believe not just because of what you said, but now we know ourselves this to be true. And guys, that's what it's all about. That's the ripple effect of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ and how it travels from one person to another. So you have to share, you have to tell others about Christ and what he's doing. And also more importantly about telling, there must be a showing. There is a word and deed that need to be properly aligned. Um, and that is my prayer for you this Christmas. Um, and, and, you know, I think the very last sentence in this passage of Scripture is that they know, is that they know that they know that they know that He is indeed the Savior of the world. So it does not give clear definition of what Jesus did while he was there for those two days. But knowing Jesus through the gospels is that Jesus confronts the sin in people's lives because he knows that's where the freedom lies. And many times, guys, in our own lives, we don't even realize the destruction that, that we bring ourselves to by choosing what we think feels good, looks good, um, you know, this world is constantly selling us with these different ideologies of keeping up with your neighbor, getting the next newest, biggest, best, shiny thing. And I'm telling you guys, if you live your life by what your eyes see and what you're drawn to, it's going to lead you to destruction, heartache, and just a loss for words and a loss for hope. But what I am saying here is if you will make that personal connection with Christ and you will honestly, sincerely look at the wreckage you've done, 
and accept what you've done. But don't stop there. Place your faith in your heart, your wholehearted belief in Christ and ask him to come into your life and to help you. Help him help you to discover who God created you to be before all of that junk came into your life. And maybe you failed in your marriages. Maybe you failed in parenting. Maybe you failed like I have in every single thing you've ever tried to do. Guys, that's the greatest thing because when we give up, that is when Christ comes onto the scene and he takes us and makes us into who he desired us to be. That's the beauty. Jesus said these very words. If you want to save your life, you have to lose your life. But when you lose your life, you give up your life, you will find it. And that is the message of Christ in a nutshell. And that's what I want to give to you this Christmas. That is the greatest hope because that hope transcends the here and now. That hope of Jesus Christ lives for all eternity, guys. This is just a a dress rehearsal for the big show. All this is is practice for eternity. Guys, we're going somewhere. We're traveling different paths, but we all have the same destination, and that's eternity. That the fear of death has no grip on a believer of Jesus because they know that death here is just a graduation into eternal life um, with those who've gone before us, Um, And guys, I'm telling you, that is the hope that we have. I have that rooted and grounded deep inside my heart. Um, I know I'll see my father again. I know I'll see some friends again. And so that's the message. That's the Christmas message, guys. And I hope my prayer and hope for you is that you will make that connection with Christ, that personal connection, you and him. It's not enough for you to say, I knew a guy who knew you. I knew Shane and he knew you. But that ain't gonna that ain't gonna work. You have to draw your own relationship with Christ and allow him to lead you. Lead you through the challenges, the obstacles, the struggles in life. It really becomes a beautiful adventure um, when the lenses or perspectives uh, become shifted. But that cannot be done without the studying of God's Word. You must read God's Word. The Bible teaches that you must study to show yourselves approved um, as a workman that will not be ashamed but can correctly divide the Word of Truth. we got to divide the Word of Truth. God's Word is the manual for your life. Every single answer you're searching for is not in this world. It is in the book called the Holy Bible. 66 books of the Bible. Take the time to get to know your manual. I promise you the rewards will be great. So I thank you for tuning in and I wish you a very Merry Christmas and God bless you and your family.